0: Listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And we're coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9 a.m., you can hear what the Bible says about past, current, and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here, and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook. And today we've got Afi Toy joining us. Thank you, Afi. Welcome morning, Jason. Great to be with you again. Yeah, it's good to have you back. Now, uh, today we're actually recording this on Friday. This is going to go to air on Monday, and uh, there's a bit of a reason for that. Uh, That's because I'm going to be away on Monday um, up in New South Wales and Mm. uh, heading up to a conference up there, and I've just got back from another trip. So it's uh, been busy, busy travelling around for me. (laughs) Yes, no, you've been very blessed to be able to travel this time of year, Jason. I had, you know, a, had Tell a, us a bit about that... Uh, sorry. I was going to say I had a lovely trip up to Northern Territory uh, last week, so... Yeah, you went to visit your daughter, so that, was, yeah. that would have been really good. Mm, it was, and uh, I always love to see the natural um, beauty, you know, the, the the countryside. We went to the Catherine Gorge, and uh, it's just amazing the beauty that you see in nature. And then, of course, we went up um, along some of the rivers, Kakadu, and saw the oh, amazing nice. wildlife, the bird life, and of course the crocodiles. <laughs> <So that laughs> well, it was certainly would cool. have been warmer up there than than here at the moment. Yes, about thirty-three degrees or so. Oh, so wow! It was quite warm—thirty-four, thirty-three. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it was great, and uh, back just for a short visit, and we're recording this so that this can go to air on Monday, and uh, so if you are listening, do respond to our text messages, and or our requests, and what have you, we will be monitoring it, and uh, uh, you can text us in on 0488 880891 uh, we've got a free book offer coming up, which you can use that number for as well. Now, Arfi, we've been uh, studying, I think it was perhaps Carmelina who did the last program with you, I'm not sure. That's Um, right, she did. And uh, you've been working your way through Ephesians. I think you did Ephesians Chapter 2, Part 2 last time. And uh, now we're going to be on Ephesians Chapter 3 today. But uh, to kick us off, would you like to give us a bit of a review of where (coughs) we've come from?
1: Yeah, so what we've seen so far in, in chapter 1 of Ephesians, um, you know, Paul continues to praise God for what he's done in his people or for his people through Christ. And that is God is willing to save us by grace, That's which, uh, which you and I have seen. Um, mm. He predestined us to be saved but it is by free will that we choose the salvation that God is willing to give mm. and also then in chapter 1 the inheritance that God is willing to also to give us freely and um, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit and also through chapter 1 God has also revealed to us his plan of salvation. Paul also prays with the prayer in chapter 1 that you know as we understand therefore The salvation or this free gift This wonderful gift that God is willing to give to us Through his son Jesus That through the prayer that we might more completely understand From our hearts the fullness of God's divine blessings And the salvation that is ours through Christ And then through chapter 2 Paul now presents why the salvation is so beautiful And why it's so important to him um, that is because the barriers have been broken down between the Jews and the Gentiles. And the the work of Christ has united the Gentiles and the Jews. And um Kamalina and I looked at last week or so what? So what does that mean and how does that relate to us? Mm. And it boils down the coming in the end of chapter two, Paul is saying that we are now all one or being part of God's church. Mm. And um, so as we looked at the end of um, chapter 2, we see that being part of God's church, barriers are broken down. And how can barriers be broken down? Well, it's only, can, It can only be broken down because of our, our relationship with Christ. And this is where Paul now takes it a step further and looks at why his, why he is so... So thrilled with the ministry that God has given to him to minister, because he finally realizes that as a as a jew and as as uh, someone who had followed a, a certain way of life now realizes that that is that barrier has been broken down and realizes what god 's intention has really been right from the beginning. Mm. And as we look in Chapter 3 um, this week, um, Jason, and if you like to read um, just verses 1 and
0: 2. Or, just be, yeah, we'll start with verse 1 and 2 to start with. Just before we do, I'll, I'll give our promo for the uh, the app and the website because um, you may have missed the previous episodes. And if you have, do go back and have a listen to those. Uh, you can access it on the FaithFM website. That's faithfm.com.au. And you can also access it on our Faith FM Australia app, which you can download from the app store. Look for Tassie Encounters and you can go back through and have a look for the previous studies on Ephesians over the past few weeks. that. that Arfi has been doing and uh, so yeah. Now Arfi I just realised that um, we normally pray before we go on air and uh, we didn't do that beforehand. That's right. And as we open the word I think we should pray before we start reading How How about Sounds it? Sounds good. Thanks Jason. I'll pray. Dear Heavenly Father we thank you for this day. We thank you for the privilege of being able to come to you and uh, to share a message with our listeners today and Lord I just pray that you'll be with Arfi as he speaks and uh, each one of our listeners, be with them as they hear the word today. In your name, amen. Amen. So we're going to read uh, Ephesians, uh, first couple yes. of verses. Uh, chapter verse 3. 1
1: and 2. It's, yes, thanks,
0: Jason. It says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which was given to me for you. Mm. So this is interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, verse 1 is quite interesting because um, we all know Paul was a prisoner um, not all his life but p- partly p- um, through the ministry. He ended and, up in um, prison
0: a lot of times.
1: <laughs> he did quite often. And boy, and I was thinking to myself as I was studying this, one, I said, man, how would I react if I was thrown into prison? Mm. And um, Paul has a, a great Reaction um, to to being in prison, and um, I, I guess Jason, um, my, my question is, you know, wh- what does Paul mean by being a prisoner of Christ?
0: Yeah, that's a good question because uh, Gentiles, he, yeah, he uh, he was certainly a prisoner of um, the Romans <laughs> many times, and um, was he also held? Uh, prisoner by the Jew, Jewish leaders at times as well. Um, but he was. But yeah. I guess here we're talking about the fact that, um, perhaps if I put it this way, he was bound. <laughs> he was bound to to do the work for for Christ. It was his destiny.
1: Yeah, and and uh, the thing also, Jason, comes from the, the prison. You know, when you think about prison, you know, normally. You know, the reason why you're put into prison is because you've done something wrong, mm. and and you're paying the penalty for it. And and sometimes, you know, when you think about that scenario, you think about you know the hardship that comes with it, the difficulty. You know, you don't have the freedom as the free your freedom is actually taken away, mm. and and your normal routine of 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 life is no longer. Mm. And you've given a new routine, but it's interesting, you know. For me, I see Paul. He, do, he doesn't. He views this hardship positively, not as a negative. Mm. And because you know, we all know that he wasn't really a prisoner of Christ, but he was. A, he was in prison because of um, because of Caesar,
2: mm.
1: and um, he, because he was arrested. Because, as we all know, he was preaching the word of God.
3: Mm.
1: And there, and the book of Acts there tells us that as he was preaching and the, the Jews are the one, the Jewish leaders are the ones that went to um, the Roman authorities and, and said to what well, they first said to the crowd that this man is preaching blasphemy. He's telling that the Gentiles do not need to be circumcised anymore and that um, he's defiling their, 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 the word of God and um, from there, the crowd was stirred, and then the Roman soldiers got involved, and then th- that's how Paul was uh, was arrested. Mm. And so when we think about Paul being a prisoner, I, I looked up William Barclay, one of the um, theologians. He-, he points out that if a man is in prison for some great cause— He may either grumblingly regard himself as a poor and wretched and ill-used creature, or he may radiantly regard himself as the standard bearer and protagonist of some great cause. The one man will regard his prison as a penance, the other man will regard it as a privilege. When we are undergoing hardship, unpopularity, material loss for the sake of Christian principles, we can either regard ourselves as the victims of men or as the champions of Christ. Our point of view will make all the difference. Mm. And that's what I love about Paul here. His example was that he saw it as a privilege being put into prison for Christ. Mm. And I, I see that the suffering that... That he suffered was wasn't he identified it because of the death and the resurrection of Christ, and he was in prison because of other people for other people as he points there for the Gentiles. Just as Jesus suffered more greatly than what Paul did, and more greatly than the hardships that we go through, he identifies his suffering to Christ rather than looking at his own circumstances
0: so he he had his uh point of view in the right place or his perspective <laughs> in in the right place, yeah, despite that you know, uh, sometimes gems.
1: yeah, because sometimes Jason you know in my line of work, you know I, I come across a lot of people that you know and i 'm not diminishing their their pain or or what they 're going through, but a lot of people they 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 are offended, they hurt they, they get hurt, and um and negatively, they, they think, though, I'm just going to give up mm. and, and just put everything aside. And I'm just going to go in my own corner and do my own thing and just either come to church, do what I need to do. And that's it. Mm. And it's because of the pain that they face. Mm. And, and this is the, the, the example that Paul's giving and, and how it relates to us of Paul's hardship. Why he says he's a prisoner of Christ, because he identifies his hardship to what Christ is going through, he's doing it for Christ, not mm. for himself, mm. he's not looking at his circumstances, mm. but he sees that his circumstances is to advance the
0: gospel, yeah he had and a purpose it, he knew yeah. he knew what his uh, mission was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've got to go to a break, Alfie. Oh, sure. (laughs) We've gone over time. So let's do that. We'll go to a break. But as we do, um, when was the last time you shared God's grace? Now, we're talking about here the grace that God gives to us. We uh, need to share with others. So uh, when was the last time you shared God's grace? This uh, is a recorded program, so we won't be able to share that on air today, but we'd love to hear from you. Do text us in on 488 this uh, first song today is called The Love of God by One Glory.
4: The love of God is greater far than tongue open can never tell. It goes beyond the highest star. Reaches to the lowest hell, the guilty pair bow down with care. God sent his son to win his early child, he reconciled and pardoned from his sin. Oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, you shall fall.
0: Tazian Cowlers on Faith of and today we're speaking with Afi Tuoi, and we're studying Ephesians chapter 3 today. And uh, before the break, we did ask you a question When was the last time you shared God's grace? I guess that means uh, for you, we've been each individually shown God's grace to us, and uh, we have a job of sharing that with other people. So, let us know. Text us in. Maybe we'll share this on our next program because this one is a recorded one, but we can certainly share that on our next program with Arfi. Text us in, 488 Um Arfie, in the previous section we were saying here that Paul was a prisoner of Christ, even though he spent mm. a lot of time in jail. Um, as a prisoner of different uh, entities <laughs> but uh, he he identifies here as a prisoner of Christ and of course we came to the conclusion that he had the right attitude in that in that it wasn't a burden or something to grumble about but it was something that he was uh, passionate about. No, yeah, exactly Jason mm.
1: and, and that fits in when you get, when you get to verse 2 Which uh, you read, it says, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you. Mm. Because in verse 1, he says, for you Gentiles, I was a prisoner for Christ for you. And then he's saying that the dispensational grace of God was given to him for you once mm. again, you know, it's interesting, Jason. You know, when we think about the definition of, of grace, we normally what do we normally say what grace is in terms of the salvation?
0: Well, uh, what I say, I'm not sure whether this is the normal <laughs> thinking, but um, it's something that we're given that we don't really deserve, I guess.
1: Yeah, and, and we normally say it's God's unmerited favor, yeah. towards us, mm. something we don't deserve, and you're exactly right. And we we sometimes we can limit God's grace of of, in that, of his the gift of salvation this way, and, and think of that this is what God has given to us. But also Paul has seen it that it's grace is more than just what God's unmerited favor given to him, mm. but he sees it also as a gift of ministry, mm. and 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 a task or that has been given to him to pass on or. Minister, minister to to others, mm. and so he he sees it as a responsibility and that of a privilege that he needs to share this. Mm. And we see this as, as if we see grace as a ministry. You know, you look at uh, first. Peter chapter four and verse ten. If you like to read that that verse for us, please.
0: I'll just, just bring that up. I didn't think I don't think I had that one on my list. First Peter four and verse and four verse 10. ten, and then we'll look at First Corinthians fifteen ten, just a little bit later. It says in uh, First Peter four ten, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God.
1: Okay, so we have all been given the spiritual gift and we are therefore given it through grace and we need to share that grace, that ministry of grace. And Paul sees himself as like a manager of grace that he needs to share this because of what God, how God has given it to him. Mm. You look at 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 10,
0: Jason, and if you'd like to read that for us. Just grabbing that one up. 1 Corinthians 15.10 says, But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain, but I laboured more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me.
1: Amen. Mm. And so here, that's how Paul sees grace, more than just God's unmerited favor towards him and towards us, but sees it as a ministry. And why, as we see, as we talked about just before, about Paul being a prisoner, he sees that because as a prisoner, it's, it didn't define him of who he was, but what defined him was the gospel. Mm. The gospel—that's what defined Paul, and we, and when we face hardships, we need to see that that that's that those hardships do not define us because we can easily give up, and that's what defines us is because we've given up because of those hardships. Mm. But Paul says, no, no, I press on because of God's grace. And I'm sharing this grace with others because what defines me is not my, me being in prison and in chains, but it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. And that's why when we move on and go to verse th- 3 to uh, 13, Jason, if you'd like to read those verses for us of Ephesians chapter 3. Sure.
0: Uh, it says, How that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. Mm. That's to verse 7. Will I keep going right now? Yeah, to uh, verse 13. to 13, To me, who am I less, sorry, to me, Purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Amen. And um, it's interesting, Jason,
1: as we talked about grace there, you have that in verse 7 and 8, mm. uh, which Paul says, I became a minister according to the gift. Of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of His power, and then verse eight to me who who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles. Mm. And um, why I love as he finishes off in verse thirteen as you read. Why he says, therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart in my tribulations for you, which is your glory.
3: Mm.
1: And um, as we talked about how Paul views, you know, his hardship, but I guess Jason, you know, the word mystery uh, appears quite quite often through the, those pas- that passage you just read, and um, Paul here now he wants people to understand where he's heading, and you know, the Greek meaning of mystery is mysterion. And um, and the meaning of of um, mysterion in the Greek is different to that of the meaning of mystery in the English. And, um, and something um, in the Thorndike Barnhart Dictionary, the word the meaning of mystery is that it is something that is hidden or unknown. But for Paul in the Greek mysterion is is not something mysterious in the sense that it is difficult to understand. But rather, he's presenting uh, a thing that has long remained secret or unknown, but now something that God wishes to make known to those who are willing to receive his revelations.
2: Mm.
1: It is a secret that God has opened for all to understand. And um, Siegfried Horn. Um, in the SDA Bible Dictionary, he says that it is something God wishes to make known to those who are willing to receive his revelations. And um, Paul tells us there in verse 3 that the revelation was made known to him and that is, that is, the mystery was not something that he understood through human study, but this mystery was made known to him through that of the enlightenment or that of the Holy Spirit in his mind. And, um, and the Holy Spirit revealed to him the exact nature of this mystery. And um, as Paul says there in verse 5, i just finishing off. Which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. And uh, I guess after the break, Jason, will we'll look at what is this mystery that has been revealed to him.
0: Mm. Absolutely. To um, do, stay tuned, we've got our book offer coming up. It's called Seven Words of Hope. Uh, we'll give you the code and a bit more detail about that soon. But uh, what was it the last time you shared God's grace? Like here, we've been talking about Paul, who shared God's grace by ministering to others and uh, teaching others about uh, God and his, his message about Jesus Christ. So uh, when was the last time you shared God's grace? Text us in on 488 This song is called Grace, and it's by City Alight.
4: seen a home from death to life forever and sings the song of righteousness by Bye. By grace I am redeemed, by grace I am restored, and now I freely walk into the arms of
0: Christ my Lord. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tasey Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with Afi Tua'oi and uh, we've been looking at Ephesians chapter 3. Now, Arfi, before the break we started to look at this concept of the mystery and uh, you read a couple of things from some people who indicated that uh, the mystery it was how God you know, wishes to make known to those who are willing to receive his revelations and uh you said you would come back and talk a bit that about that a bit more, so uh, what is this mystery, and um, I think it's in the context of the gospel. Tell us more about
1: that it today. is and and as you just mentioned in the context of the gospel jason in, in Ephesians chapter six and verse nineteen i'm just going to read um, Paul says, and for me that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. And so here, what is the mystery then of the gospel that God has hidden for the ages that Paul is now so excited about?
2: Mm. Well, if you go
1: back to chapter 3 and verse 6, Jason, if you like to read that verse for us, verse 6
0: again. It says that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers in his promise in Christ through the gospel.
1: Amen. And so this is the mystery yeah. that what got Paul so excited and like, is that the Gentiles... Sorry, Jess.
0: I was going to say, and I guess that the reason why it would be a mystery particularly to Jews is because they thought they were the, the special people. Exactly. <laughs> and now and now it's saying the Gentiles are going to be part of this.
1: It's exactly right, because in the Old Testament, Gentiles could be part of the company of God, mm. but they had to become Jews in order to belong to it. to mm. it. And that, and that's the difference. So now in the New Testament, Gentiles do not need to become Jews, nor do Jews become Gentiles. Mm. But rather, both believing Jews and Gentiles become one new entity, Christians mm. now. Mm. And that's why Paul says there in chapter 2 in verses 15 and 16, he says, Having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. In verse 16, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. Mm. And this is why Paul was so excited and so excited about his new ministry. That by God's grace, and this is, as we spoke about before, how the barriers have been brought down, because as you were telling me before, Jason, off here about about Paul, yeah, you want to um, tell uh, our listener about that, yeah, what you just said to me,
0: yeah, so it sort of dawned on me that you know why did God choose Paul specifically? He was a, a Pharisee, he was a zealot, he was um, a, a Jew, and and. His special mission was to take the message of the gospel to the Gentiles and, and I was sort of thinking, well why? But then I thought about it a bit more and I thought, well, as a Jew who was you know, started off persecuting the Christians mm. and then had a complete change when he encountered God on the road to Emmaus, I think it was, was it? And um, That's right. Uh that was a, a a powerful testimony to those who were watching on how his life had totally changed. But still being a Jew, he also had credibility within the Jewish community as well. Uh, in mm. order to uh, teach them that it was important to go and share this message to the Gentiles, so I, I, I think you know God is obviously wise <laughs> in yeah. who He chooses, and I think He did choose wisely with Paul.
1: Yeah. And, and can't we say also, therefore, Jason, that how God has chosen you and I?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That
1: where we are at this moment... mm because who 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 would have known that? I mean, like you were just saying in the beginning of the show, you know, you've travelled to see your daughter. Now you're going to travel um, for this other seminar in New South Wales. But who knew that you were going to do this at this particular time in your life? Mm. Because God has chosen you, just as He's chosen Paul and chosen us, where we are in our lives that we're able to take the mystery of the gospel, mm. that we are all one. Doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what race, what country we come from, we are all one because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Mm. and that the barriers have been broken down. That's why Paul was so excited, because Mm. as you as you said that you know he was you know a Pharisee of of a Pharisee, but his um, Damascus Road experience. Just changed his whole life, and people now he became more relevant to people, mm. especially to the Gentiles, and that's why we saw the mystery. I mean, the the, the ministry of this grace that he 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 has experienced, and he wanted to take that and share it with others. Mm. And why our listener question was: When was the last time that we shared God's grace with someone else? Mm. Because if we have experienced God's grace in our lives, how much so that Paul is saying, and we should share that grace with someone else as well. Mm. And um, that's the mystery and why Paul was so excited about it and why, you know, he didn't con- consider being in prison as a hardship. But he saw the hardship not defining himself, but it was the gospel that mm. defines himself. Mm. And his imprisonment, was a testament because of what Jesus Christ went through that he is suffering just a little of the salvation that Jesus was able to give to him and to us and why Um, he praised and prayed about it in chapter 1 and he hammered home this in chapter 2 and now in chapter 3 and then what we'll find through chapter 4 to chapter 6 is that how, therefore, do we live this practically mm. in our lives? Mm. And that's what we'll look at as we get to chapter 4, 5, and 6. And so, you know, Paul was so in awe of this truth that transformed his life. And uh, it was supernaturally revealed to Paul, as you said, on um, his Damascus, Damascus Road experience. And this revelation turned him from a, prosec- a prosecutor. To the Christians there in Acts chapter eight, to that of an apostle of Christ in Acts chapter thirteen, mm. and why in verse twelve that you read, Jason brought great joy to um, Paul. In chapter three and verse twelve, it reads, "In whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in Him." Mm. And um, Paul therefore continues on um, there. Um, He goes on his way, and this mystery leads, therefore, um, dealing with prayer. And um, from verse 14 to 22 of chapter 3, would you like to read that
0: for us, please, Jason? It's titled in my Bible, Appreciation of the Mystery. For Mm. this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You know
1: it's interesting, Jason. You know as Paul went into prayer in chapter one, now he goes back into prayer once again, mm. and um, you know Paul goes out of his way telling us that he bends his knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The, the author Marcus Barth he calls this of Paul's posture of, of kneeling in prayer an extraordinary attitude of prayer because kneeling was not the usual position of prayer in the biblical world.
3: Mm.
1: Um, if you read Mark chapter 11, verse 25
0: and Luke 18, verses 11 and 13. Yep. It Christ says uh, in Mark, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. So it clearly okay. says stand praying there. Yeah. And then in uh, Luke 18, 11, it says the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself God, I thank you that I am not like the other men, extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even as this tax collector. And then verse 13, um, and the tax collector, standing far off, again standing, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. In all cases, they were standing.
1: Yeah. And so here Jesus reveals, you know, the normal posture of praying was in in the New Testament was that, that they stood. They were standing. Mm. And, uh, I know sometimes people make a thing about, you know, when we pray, we need to kneel. But if we look at the biblical context, they, they, they stood when they, when they prayed. And this is what Jesus brings out. But I'm not saying they didn't kneel when they, um, when they prayed in the New Testament, because there were instances when they did. But I guess, Jason, after the break, we'll look at that uh, mm. when we come back.
0: We've got a book offer. It's called Seven Words of Hope Spoken from the Cross. So these are the words of Jesus. Seven Words of Hope by Frank Gonzalez. It captures the, the seven last sayings of Jesus as he hung on the Calvary's cross. Uh, each phrase echoing through the centuries from a dying saviour contains a message of hope for you and me. Listen as Christ cries with the uh, listen as Christ cries with the Heavenly Father so he can come and take us home. After the break, we'll give you the code for this book offer, but right now this is Nobody by Chris Renzima.
4: Christ has no ends now but yours reaching down deep in the dirt. Covered in the soil Aching from the work Christ has no hands now but yours Christ has no feet now but yours Marching for those who can't speak Calloused and worn. Christ has no feet now but yours If your heart's breaking, my heart's breaking too If your heart's beating, my heart's beating too
0: As the Encounters on Faith FM and we're finishing our program today with Afi Tua'oi and we've been studying Ephesians chapter 3. Now we had our book giveaway that I promised to give you the code for. The book giveaway is called Seven Words of Hope Spoken from the Cross by Frank Gonzalez. Two copies today, first two with the right code in to this number zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, and the code today is HOPE and the number 5, that's H-O-P-E and the digit 5, no spaces, text that in to 0488 880891 Before the break, Afi, you were saying how this is a bit unusual for Paul to say that he bowed to his knees, he was kneeling down when it was common practice to pray standing. That's right, Jason. And um, as I made the point, um, I'm not saying that
1: um, kneeling wasn't uh, a position that people took in prayer, but the common um, posture that people did take when they prayed, and the New Testament was was that they stood; they mm. were standing. Mm. But you do have um, texts here um, in Luke chapter twenty two verse forty one and Acts chapter seven verse
0: sixty. If you like to read those two for us, please. Yeah, It says in Luke twenty two forty one, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed. And then in Acts 7.60, it says, Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he said this, he fell asleep. Um, that's uh, talking about the stoning of Stephen, I guess, in mm. Acts 7 there, isn't it? That's correct. Mm.
1: And it's interesting that um, the difference here of the postures of, of standing or kneeling, with kneeling, um, while standing was the normal posture of of praying, But when it came to kneeling, Leon Morris, in his um, expository reflections on the letter to Ephesians, he says, uh, he concludes from the evidence that every time Scripture speaks of prayer offered kneeling, the occasion is serious. Mm. And we find Paul here, why he he goes out of his way to tell us that he was bending his knees there um, in verse 14 of chapter 3. Um, is because he was serious. Because as we've looked at, the mystery has now been made known to him and it was given to him. Because as you were saying, Jason, he is now, his life as a Pharisee, as a strict Jew and Pharisee, has now been turned 360. Mm -hmm. Now becoming a Christian or uh, a servant of Christ, he has now become more relevant to not only to the Jewish people, but also now to the Gentiles because he realizes the the ministry given to him of grace, he is now sharing that ministry of grace to them, of the gospel that he, it was revealed to him by God. And we made the application that, you know, where we are at in our particular time today, God has also seen us as His servants that we too are able to break down barriers and share the gospel that of grace to others. Mm. And, um, you know, Paul's prayer and the verses that you've read, Jason, um, contain five petitions that he has given to the Ephesian believers and, and to us today. Um, In verse 16, that they might be mightily empowered through the Holy Spirit in the inner man. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith. And um, verse 18, that they be strong enough to comprehend the breadth and length and height and depth of the love of God and its outworking in the mystery of salvation. And then in verse 19... That the members of the Church of Eph- of Ephesians will know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, and of course, ending there, um, the, the pet- five petitions, number five is the, that they are filled with all the fullness of God. That you find there in verse nineteen, and why Paul's prayer, just as it was in, ver- in chapter one, you know, his prayer here is just so powerful and so beautiful. I um, I looked up um, John Scott another theologian um, in his commentary and dealing with Paul's prayer and John Scott gives seven superlative abilities that come from God's ability to answer prayer and John Scott says this of the seven um, superlative abilities he says one that God is he is able to do or to work for he's neither idle nor inactive nor dead two that he is able to do what we ask, for he hears and answers prayers. And three, he is able to do what we ask or think, for he reads our thoughts. And four, he is able to do all that we ask or think, for he knows it all and can perform all. And five, He is able to do more than all that we ask or think for his expectations are higher than ours. And six, he is able to do much more or more abundantly than all that we ask or think for he does not give his grace by calculated measure. And seven, he is able to do much more, far more abundantly than all that we ask or think for he is a God of superabundance. There are no limits to God, to what God can do.
0: I can see there Afi, that uh, as you're working through that list um it seems to be getting bigger and bigger or greater than great greater and greater as to what God can do um from number 1 through to 7 you know it finishes with the um exceedingly abundantly I think is the words mm. that Paul uses in verse 20 <laughs> yes so he's he's very much uh, pointing to what God can do um being beyond what we can even imagine
1: Exactly right Jason that's what's so beautiful about how Paul brings this out in his gospel to in the Ephesians you know God can do so much for us if we are willing mm. and um, you know and I'd just like to bring it back to you know the grace that God has given to us as, as you know you and I looked at uh, at one show in verses 8 and 9 uh, of chapter 2 you know for by grace we are saved Mm. through faith and um, that not of yourselves but that is the gift of God not of works lest anyone should boast and uh, it's that grace that Paul experienced Mm. and um, why he, he, he sees it, that it's more than just a gift, but it's now a, a ministry, mm. a ministry that we need to share.
0: Because it finishes in uh, verse 10 there, so that we can do the good things that God has planned for us. And, of course, he's, he's giving us the ability through all of these things and, and through the, uh, the power of God to actually carry out those things that he's given to us. Amen. Mm-hmm. And why in verse
1: twenty-one of chapter three it, it finishes there, as you read, Jason. It says, "To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever." Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you because know, that's where Paul ended in chapter two. Was mm-hmm. that of the church? Mm-hmm. We are all now one, united together mm-hmm. as one in the church. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes, as you know, Jason, you know sometimes we're not united.
3: Mm.
1: You know, that's the reality. That's the truth because Satan's also there trying to tear us apart. And um, But if we can, you know, see how the gospel as Paul sees it and what he's trying to bring across here, that the, the ministry of grace, that even though the hardships, the prisoner that he was, mm. and we don't allow the hardships or the difficulties or or How people may put us down to to define us. Yeah.
0: We've we've got to finish up, Arfie. We're just about out of time. (laughs) Um, Thanks, Jason. Thank you for your topic today. It's been a great study. And uh, next week, we'll have Mark Falconer on the program Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And uh, tomorrow, um, we'll have David Leo and myself. To become one is the topic. So uh, do enjoy uh, your rest of your day. And may Jesus be with you. May you encounter him more today. This is uh, Swim by Melissa Otto. Thanks, Arpy. Thanks, Jason.